The Cambridge Dictionary defines the verb grace as being in a place and making it look more attractive. Well, that's the thing about parenthood. Sometimes it's the last thing you think when you hear that word. But to us, for something to be beautiful, I mean truly beautiful, it has to be imperfectly perfect. There is no right way to be a parent. There is only doing it to the best of your ability. And that is what we define as growing with grace. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome back, guys. Episode 15. We're going to talk about conflict, what it means to us, and how we manage it. Hey, guys. It's Tyla. I just wanted to remind you to check us out on Instagram at Growing With Grace Podcast. Visit our website, growingwithgracepodcast.com. And if you'd like to send us a message or if you have an idea for an episode that you'd like us to talk about, you can send us an email to growingwithgracepodcast at gmail.com, or you can send us a message directly on our website. We'd love to hear from you. So why don't we start with what is conflict? I know that there is different kinds of conflict, and we talked a little bit before we started about what, what other kinds there are other than just the typical conflict with someone else. Ty, you want to get into it a little bit? So automatically, when I think about conflict, I think about a clash of interests or values or ideas. So anytime that you may not agree with somebody else or a group of people on how they see the world or how they do things, that can sometimes lead to conflict because it's a literally conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. What about you? How do you define it? I mean, I think I typically see it that way too. And we did a little bit of research on what is conflict and they had mentioned self-conflict and that to me is kind of a gray area because I don't feel as though I really have conflict. Well, and, and, and I don't know that I would call it self-conflict because maybe what you're, you want to do or what you think is right and what someone else thinks is right is not technically self-conflict. It may be you're conflicted with the idea of someone's ideas not matching yours. So I really don't know to me what self-conflict would look like, but I definitely, you know, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I picture, you know, a conflict with someone else, someone that you're disagreeing with, that it's a disagreement, or um, you're just not seeing things eye to eye and you just have opinions, diff- completely different opinions on an, a topic. So I think that we all have self-conflict because self-conflict is literally, it's like a little battle that goes on in your mind mm-hmm. and you're trying to maybe run out the different scenarios or something like that. You may have self-doubt. There may be a moral dilemma. It's an inner struggle that you're trying to figure out how do I solve this on my own, basically. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think at the basic level, all of us deal with self-conflict. We all feel conflicted at times on how do we confront this issue? Do we not confront this issue? Is this worth my time? Is this mm-hmm. not worth my time? Um, I, I mean, I speaking for myself, I feel like that's something that I deal with on a daily basis. No, and you make a very valid point. It's, I just, I guess when I, when I first think about conflict, that's just not what comes to mind. What comes to mind is a conflict, like you had said, a conflict of interest or a disagreement with someone. But I, you, I agree with you. It, in my mind, I don't necessarily think of it as conflict. I think of it more of, um, I don't even know. It, it's more of, um, you know, making a decision and, and making a decision and how I make a decision, not necessarily conflict, but I, I, I guess when you boil it down, that is conflict, um, self-conflict and trying to figure out what, how you move forward from a situation that you may not necessarily have a direct path to. 
Right. Yeah. And it sounds a little weird. It's like, well, what do you mean? How do you not agree with your own self? And it's like, Mm -hmm. I mean, there are times all the time when (laughs) I contradict myself or I contradict my own thoughts. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. I I feel like it's very easy to, um, you know, for example, like with um, police brutality and things like that, like it's very easy for me to see police brutality and think, okay, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. But then also when people say things like, well, you know, police are bad and like F the police and we just need to defund the police. I'm very hesitant to jump on that wagon and say, okay, yep, I agree with this. I think that's, that's the solution that's going to fit all, but I'll be conflicted because while I know that the actual meaning of what defund the police means, Mm -hmm. I know that there's more than that than just saying like, let's just strip all the police departments of their budget. It's literally, it's, it's, it's breaking down a systemic issue, Mm -hmm. but I still don't necessarily, just because I understand that I don't necessarily agree with that statement, with that sentiment. Mm -hmm. And, but then I feel conflicted, right? Cause I'm like, well, and well, I think that's a good, that's a really good example. Um, especially like when it comes to politics lately and how heated everything can be. And I don't think it's necessarily appropriate for us to discuss our politics, at least right now, you know, on our podcast. But I I do, I I think that that's a really great example of self-conflict. And you explain that really well. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. So I'll try to keep the politics out of it, but I feel like conflict, especially with a clash of values, right. Um, Mm -hmm. That can values often lead to how people feel maybe politically or about the world, you know, um, and when there's a clash of those values Mm -hmm. that can sometimes lead to conflict and confrontation. So, and when you say that in my mind, I think of, um, the phrase choose the lesser, choosing the lesser of two evils is still choosing evil. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is something that we all, and not necessarily just that phrase alone, but that idea of having to make a hard decision And when you bring your values into it, and like you said, when there's a conflict in your values and, you know, you prioritize or value something higher or both of them fairly high for you to have to make that choice, it's still a difficult decision. And that is a conflict. So that's an interesting point of view for sure. Yeah. So what is your go-to disposition when, what I mean by that is how do you typically handle conflicts or confrontation? Do you feel like you typically take the same approach each time that you are in that situation or does it really depend on the he, nature the of the conflict? Of the, yeah. The heat of the moment. So for me, it's funny because we actually had a little discussion about this again, before we started the episode and we talked about how Tyla and I are very similar in a lot of ways. And then we're sometimes polar opposites, but our emotional attachment to a conflict um, or our sensitivity to issues is pr- very similar. And I, I feel as though, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel as though we are very um, sensitive. And, and I think that that's neither good nor bad, but it definitely makes you feel as though you may be being slighted or someone may be doing something that may hurt your feelings that the average person who has a higher tolerance for disagreement or for someone speaking out against you it may make them, you know, like Brandy, she, she wouldn't have an issue with it. Whereas you and I would, but how we typically manage and handle that type of conflict is very different. And for me, I sit in the passive slash passive aggressive area. And when I approach conflict more often than not, I try not to react openly or outwardly, but inwardly, 
I, I'm having like this severe battle of what, you know, what has happened? How have I been wronged? How can I fix this? What, you know, this is not right. And it's definitely difficult, but I would say that I err on the side of passive. And that for me is, um, it's just my general disposition with it. How about you? How do you err? Do you agree with my statement of us feeling similarly sometimes, but reacting differently? I think that we are both very sensitive. I think that's a true statement. I think Mm -hmm. that our sensitivities or what we choose to be more sensitive about is definitely a lot different. Um, There are things that, you know, I'm much more passionate about than you are, or at least outwardly. I know we've had this conversation too, where you've told me, Tyla, it's not that I didn't necessarily disagree with your point of view. I'm just playing devil's advocate or, you know, it's just, I don't have the, I don't know what the word I'm looking, the will, the muster to like have this conversation or to talk about this because it's just too much for me or, mm-hmm. or th- things like that. So um, I do think, I do agree. Yes, we are both very sensitive. I think that we're sensitive in different ways. I think that overall, I think you might be a little bit more sensitive than me. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's hard because I actually, I don't know. If, I don't know if I 100% believe that or if I think it, it depends, right? It's right. Like one of those things Situational. where- it's hard, you know, nobody likes that answer of, well, it depends, but I do really Mm -hmm. think that it depends on the situation, um, and whatnot. But as far as me, I am the opposite of passive. I am very confrontational. So anytime that I am involved in a conflict, whether it be at work, at home, on social media, (laughs) on social media, where else is there areas of my life? Friends, even friends, friends. even, yeah, I'm, I've always been able to communicate. And sometimes I haven't always communicated in the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I've let my emotion get the best of me and I'm very reactive in a situation of conflict or confrontation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's to my demise because I'll get so worked up about something. It doesn't <clears throat> portray my thoughts in the best manner. And especially Mm -hmm. when you're having a conflict with somebody and you're trying to get them to see your point of view, if you start raising your voice and yelling at this person or name calling, you're never going to get that person to be on your side or to see things from your point of view. That's just not going to work. I think that it's interesting, you know, that you bring up those points. And I agree with you that you are reactive. And I think that's one of the main differences between you and I is that I am passive, but I would say that I'm not outwardly reactive. I'm more like I, I, I internalize everything and then I analyze everything. And that may be where, you know, me being more sensitive comes into play because I go over every aspect, every sentence, every word and phrase used. And in my mind, I play it back to myself and be like, okay, is this something that is worth like, and like you had said, sometimes you'll take on topics that I don't necessarily disagree with you with, but I say, you know, I don't want I don't want to have that conflict or I don't choose to put my energy into having that discussion. And it's really important that I think you analyze those conversations before you necessarily react or for me anyways, because I usually have to come full circle and I try not to engage in a conflict while my emotions are high. If anything, Mm. I kind of pause, I pause and I take a step back. And like you said, some, some people don't like that. Um, You know, I've, I've had disagreements with 
acquaintances or friends. And when we disagree, or there's been even you and I, um, I don't answer. I don't answer the phone. I don't answer the text messages mm-hmm. because I'm analyzing everything. I'm analyzing my emotions and I'm analyzing the words that are said and the actual conflict. And then it really helps me to get perspective on, okay, why do I feel this way? Why am mm-hmm. I so upset? Why am I angry? Why am I hurt? And am I valid? Are these feelings valid? And, and right. not to say that your feelings are never valid, but am I just, not that they're not valid, but am I justified? Do I yeah. have the right to feel this way about it? And is it a reflection on them? Or am I feeling angry or hurt because I, because it's something that I feel and that I need to overcome. And, and more recently we've had these conversations and I've been coming back to the common, um, ending of it's not personal. And I need to stop assuming that everyone's conflict with me is about me and it may be deeper and it may be about themselves more than it is about me. So I think that another thing, another difference between you and I is that while you, when a conflict happens with you, you take a minute to step back, to think about it, to digest it. You also sometimes will tend to stew on things mm-hmm. and almost hold a grudge and mm-hmm. just feel very like turned off to that person or situation. Whereas I am very reactive in situations of conflict and I'll tend to bleh, have verbal diarrhea, speak my mind, but then mm-hmm. I'm usually like, okay, I'm over it. Let's move on. And I will get upset or my feelings will even be hurt when uh, let's say somebody like that I love, I'm having a conflict with. So either, either my husband or you, Mm -hmm. I'll have that heat of the moment. I'll have that burst of here's my feelings. Here's my thoughts. This is why I'm mad and angry. Self-expression. Absolutely. And then I, I want to get over it immediately. Mm -hmm. And you and Jeff are very similar in that regard that you're both not very reactive right away. You well, and I do, I, I do in, analyze it and then, right. And I need to, a moment to cool down. I want to, I so, want to correct you for one minute. Just let me jump in. Um, you said that I hold a grudge and I don't, I don't view it necessarily as holding a grudge. It is more about me trying to process the feelings that I have towards the person and mm-hmm. analyze why I'm feeling that way. And I think now that I'm 28, my maturity level is higher. And I can really understand that it's not the person that I'm really upset about. It's, it's myself or it's something, you know, it has to do with how I view the world or even understanding again, that it's not about me. And it's not necessarily that I hold a grudge. It's that I'm so, I'm still so upset and I I'm hurt deeply by it, or I'm affected deeply by it, that I can't have that conversation with someone and not say something potentially damaging to the other person. So I it's not that I hold a grudge. It's more of that the emotions are still high. And I think it's really important to approach conflict resolution with an open, with one an open mind and to be analytical and try your best to remove as much emotion out of it as possible. And while the emotion, and sometimes it takes, it takes me a while. Sometimes it takes me a week. Sometimes it takes me, I've I've had conflicts with people who have lasted like years, like three or four years. And I'm just now getting around to the point where the emotion has fell off. And that's Mm -hmm. just, you know, that's the nature Mm -hmm. of the situation. That's the nature of the argument that sometimes I need that time and that, and that silence for me or that non-response or that inability for me to communicate with you is not necessarily on you. It's a reflection of how I was, how I felt about the situation and that I needed to process it. And that I was not comfortable coming back to you until I could, I could have an open mind and I could remove the emo- as much emotion possible from it. And when it was no longer painful to talk about or 
difficult to look you in the eye and be, and, and be able to have that conversation with you and be truthful. So I just wanted to, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, I just, no, wanted it's, to, it's, it's fine. not necessarily a grudge, I guess is what I was trying to get at. I, okay. I'm just speaking from personal experience. I still feel like Kiana can be a little salty sometimes and whatever. That's just my opinion. <laughs> and I, I'm not saying that I'm not that way either. I think I definitely am. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, again, it's all very dependent and it's hard to sometimes have these conversations without talking about a, an actual example of conflict. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nobody wants to get on here and because I, I feel like conflict is just something that happens every single day, even yeah. in very, very minor, small conflicts. Sometimes there's bigger conflicts. It's just how life works. We're human beings. We're very complex. We all have feelings. We all have ideas mm-hmm. and often our ideas clash. So that results in conflict and it's how we address the conflict or how we handle the conflict, both internally and externally with the people Mm -hmm. around us that we should have the conversation about. So, well, and, and again, you know, this goes to, and I think there's like stages of conflict. So I think initially there's emotion. I think typically most people's reaction is initially is emotion. And, um, how you said, you know, I still think Kiana's salty sometimes. Absolutely. If I feel as though I've been wronged or hurt now I'm upset with you because I've been wronged or hurt. That's a natural reaction. What I was saying is that when I boil it down to, you know, why was I wronged or hurt or was it even really about initially your, it's a defense mechanism. It's like, I'm mad at you now because you've hurt my feelings, which I think people are just, you, you, you should, you can't, you're allowed to feel that. But when you allow that emotion to wane and you can really sit down and look at the situation clearly, you can holistically appreciate the fact that maybe it wasn't about you or, you know, you can let, you can give that person some grace and say, you know what? I I think, I think I can see it clearly now. I think I can see it from your side of the, your side of the, you know, river or whatever. And I can really understand that it wasn't personal and do you know, would I have done that? Or do my values say I could, I would have behaved that way or made that choice? No, but it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to have your own values and your own choices. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or, you know, it, it just means that that's, that's who you are as a person. And you can move on from that in many ways. And sometimes moving on from that means, you know, separating, I guess. So while we're kind of talking about, we're kind of naturally flowing into the next question. Ty, is there an instance that you can recall where you didn't handle conflict necessarily well or appropriate? And was there ever a time that the conflict didn't get resolved or, you know, the resolution was to never, never talk about it again or never approach the situation again? I'm sitting here laughing because and rolling my eyes because has there ever been a time in my life where I've handled conflict inappropriately? Um, (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying to think. Has there? Yeah, I'm kidding. There's been many, 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 many instances in my life that I have handled conflict <laughs> inappropriately. Okay, let me rephrase that then. What is the biggest, like the, the worst, in your opinion? Like, what is the one that sticks out to you that you just felt really, you looked back and you were like, man, I did not handle that with, with as much grace as I should have, or I really wish I could go back and re-manage that conflict. To be completely honest with you, I don't think I'm comfortable, um, discussing Discussing that. 
discussing that right now and I'm thinking in my head like like I'm having literally a flood of memories coming through my mind from the time that I was like 10 years old until probably a month ago of constant conflict that I've been in I so let me take some emotion out of this because sorry Ooh, okay I think that speaking to a more recent area of conflict for me and we've touched on this now and a couple of episodes is social media. So social media has been around, I would say from my early adulthood till right now. So from the time I was like 11 or 12 years old, we had AOL instant messenger, uh, not Facebook, MySpace, Facebook. Now there's Instagram, there's Snapchat, all of it, all of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that social media has given everybody a platform to get on and to feel very confident and how they approach certain situations going on around them. Mm -hmm. And it gives us a lot of courage that we wouldn't necessarily have if we had to have these conversations Mm face-to-face. And I I believe that. And I believe that's the same thing for me too. I think that social media has given me a platform where I feel very confident to be able to speak my mind. I do think that even without social media, I am somebody who's just much more outwardly with my feelings and thoughts Mm -hmm. and whatnot. However, social media has been a pretty contentious spot for me personally, because I am friends with people or I follow people who, again, my values clash with their values. And it's very, it's been very hard for me to see people voice their opinions or voice their thoughts. And for me to think that, wow, I, I so deeply disagree with that person inside my heart to my core that I feel as though I need to confront them Mm -hmm. about this position. And typically that's resulted in me losing my temper and either getting on Instagram and using my story as a soapbox to just go on a full-blown rant. And let me just insert here, not only losing your temper, but you're also losing your, your self peace over it. You, you kind of lost a piece of, you lose a piece of yourself. When, from my experience, when I watch you do this, you literally, you, 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 you have anguish over this um, conflict. Oh, absolutely. You're just, it's just so deep in it's, you. It's, and it's something that like I've, I've, and this is not even necessarily with social media. I feel like a lot, there's been a lot of areas of conflict. And I can remember in high school too, like high school, I had a lot of conflict in high school and mm-hmm. I can remember getting so emotional and so worked up and so mad, so angry with people or mostly people, relationship conflict for sure. And then it's like the stages of conflict. You were talking about this on our last question, how there's, there's stages of conflict. It's almost like, in my mind, it's like a bell curve. Mm -hmm. So there's something, a situation that you're uncomfortable with. You see it happening and you're like, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. Then tension starts to build. You're kind of, it's like that roller coaster ride, right? You're going mm-hmm. up, you're going up, you're going up. And then there's this, this peak of that tension where you have that direct conflict, conflict, the conflict occurs, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that may look like for you. And then, you know, hopefully there's something that can kind of deescalate that situation or just, you know, the conflict, the fire, let's say starts to burn out. And then you're kind of like going down, going down and either things smooth out or maybe you're even going way down and now you're almost in the dumps because you're feeling like, I don't like the way that made me feel. I don't like the way that I reacted to that. I feel 
worse off than when I felt, you know, a little bit uncomfortable with the situation that was unfolding. And I think Mm -hmm. for a lot of times that's, that's how I feel. I get uncomfortable with something I see. I get really worked up about it. I feel very passionate. Mm -hmm. And then it's like a crash. It's like, boom. And then I feel really bad. And I'll usually end up calling Kiana and being like, why did I react that way? And you'll laugh and you'll be like, oh, Ty, you know, like this isn't anything new. Like this is just what you've been doing since the dawn of time. And I think that going back to the whole social media thing, this is something that I'm very recently trying to work on. So as everybody knows, I took some time off of social media. I wouldn't even say it was that much of time. It was literally 20 something days Mm -hmm. that I didn't go on social media at all. And then I slowly kind of reintroduced it back. And because I honestly wanted to share photos of Jeffrey and myself too. Mm -hmm. And I had it for a day, I think. And then I deleted it because I was like, I really don't care about all of this stuff. And I could already see there were, there were things that people were posting that I could literally feel my blood pressure rising. And it's like this urge inside of me that I have to fight to control to be like, don't respond to this person. Don't respond to this person. Don't respond to this person. And I, I did not have the self-control to be able to not respond. So I was like, okay, I'm getting rid of it again. Mm-hmm. And that was a few days ago. And then I redownloaded it. So and, can I just say, I think that yeah. you are creating your own part of, con- okay. So we talked about, you know, the stages of conflict and hopefully by the end, you come to a resolution, whether you feel good about the resolution or not, the conflict either fizzles out or it ends and you feel better about it or not. But I think you are creating this. It's a, it's a work in progress, but I think you're heading towards the right direction in that you are being proactive, knowing where you, your conflict typically arises and you're actively seeking to try to lower that contact or that um, irritant, I guess. And I think that that's good. And that's something that you should be proud of that you're actively making a choice. And maybe that's a conversation you need to have in your head. Every time you go to log into Facebook or Instagram and say, you know, am I going to be proud (laughs) or before you hit the send, or you go to type out a message to someone that you disagree with, am I, am I doing what's best for me right now? And sometimes in that conflict resolution, the best thing for you to do is to walk away or to not, not engage. Sometimes it's not, sometimes you need to stand up for yourself and, and, you know, you, and and I think that that's really important. It's really important to have a a good balance of it. Mm -hmm. And you do need to stand up for yourself and, and you do need to be able to make your voice be heard because it's important. We all have a voice for a reason, but I think that that's something that you should be proud of that you're actively trying to manage your conflicts appropriately in a healthy way. And I think too, and I'm sorry, I'm going to bring, I wouldn't say I'm bringing politics into it, but people Mm -hmm. can take it for what they will. I think that being able to walk away or to choose to not have an opinion on something is absolutely a privilege that absolutely I'm, I'm, I'm now realizing that I have, right. I, Mm -hmm. like you said, I create these situations for myself. I choose to engage in these conflicts when I absolutely don't need to. Mm -hmm. Most of these conflicts that I'm getting involved in really don't actually have an effect on my life personally. I'm just choosing to participate in it. And it's causing me duress by literally engaging in this conflict. So Mm -hmm. that's how I handle things. I think I have things to work on for sure. Um, I tend to not react this way while in a professional setting. So I'm much more chill. (laughs) You're definitely much more chill, but you also, um, um, 
thinking of the, actually, we just recently talked about it, um, about how you had that conflict with a coworker oh, and yeah. you brought it up to the coworker and then it went nowhere. So then you brought it up to your boss and he said, if you can resolve it yourself, that would be the best scenario. And you, and you had no problem whatsoever bringing up to this. And to me, that was like, I was like, wow, you're so brave. I I don't know know how I could ever do that. I would feel so scared, I guess, like nervous. Um, I'd be so worried and you know, that's a courage, but you know, you, you definitely did stand up for yourself in that scenario. In my master's, um, program, I took a class on, I think it was human resources management. Mm -hmm. And we read a book called how to have difficult conversations. And I have to credit my courage when it comes to speaking out in the workplace about conflict, Mm -hmm. that book and that class for sure. Professor Hatmaker. Amazing. Um, Because I think it's very important, especially as a woman, especially as women, we tend to sometimes feel like mousy and like we can't voice our opinions because if we're assertive, if we're dominant, we come off as negative. Mm -hmm. And that can be really hard, especially me. I work in the field of engineering. I work with a lot of men, a male dominant, Yep, a lot of older men who are from a very different generation. So I think that sometimes when being submersed into that environment, not that I work in like a bad environment at all. I don't, I think that there's, you know, I can count on one hand, the amount of conflicts that I've seen or been a part of at work where I was like, wow, this is not okay. But Mm -hmm. Like Kiana was saying, yes, I, I think that my ability to be able to um, communicate and confront people when I'm uncomfortable with the situation is a blessing, but it's also not in the same, mm-hmm. in the same breath. I think that, I think that it can be a blessing, right? It's, but it's how I choose to respond to mm-hmm. that conflict. I think that during conflict, it's communication is key. There always needs to be communication. That's how you're going to get to that resolution, but how you communicate mm-hmm. is, is the crucial part of that equation. Absolutely. And I think that kind of leads to the next question. And it's all about how do you handle these conflicts and, you know, what is, how do you handle them and what is the best way to handle them? And I think, um, it's really important. And we had mentioned it a couple of questions ago to talk about the idea that in my opinion, handling conflict, the biggest thing is you have to do your best to separate as much emotion out of the conflict as possible, as possible. And you both want to identify what, you know, what are the outcomes you're hoping to have from this? And is there any gray area where you, you could both have something that you take away from this? And, you know, both, I say both, but it could be, you know, organizational, it could be more than one other person, but in general, let's say just for the sake of the conversation, it being two people. I think conflict resolution really begins when you're able to analyze your, your emotions to the situation and really isolate the the problem or the conflict and, and take the emotion out of it and say, okay, what does this boil down to? Why are we upset? You know, what, why, why am I upset or why are you upset with me or something that I've done and how can we come away from this with not only a, a better outlook, but maybe changed in a way that look moving forward or having, you know, learned that you feel this way, or this is how you're upset and I'm aggravating you. It, it, you can walk away from a conflict better than you were before. And I think that that's, that's really important to acknowledge that conflicts, you really have to take the emotion out of it. It's really hard to get someone to hear your point of view 
or to listen to, to what you have to say when you are so angry and you're directing that anger personally. Absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, I think that you're talking about a lot of like the right ways to handle conflict and maybe, <laughs> maybe you do personally handle conflict in your life that way, the way you've just described it. But I feel like you're talking about it at a very, like, this is how we should handle conflict, but yeah. how do you, how do you typically handle conflict in your life? Whether that be in the professional setting or with like your family, your spouse, your extended family, friends, could you give us any examples of maybe a conflict that you've had? Yeah. So actually I, I had written down one conflict, but um, I may discuss another conflict instead. So for me, I'm passive and a really big part of being passive is that like you had mentioned in one of the other questions, you're like, I feel the emotion. I let the emotion out and then I move on for me. I feel the emotion and then I internalize it. And then I, I don't know you, I think you use like you, I let it stew and I sit with it and it's heavy. It's very heavy to hold these, um, these, these, these emotions because now it's not only something necessarily about you, but it's something about maybe the way you're making someone feel or the job that you've done for this person or something that you've done for them that they didn't appreciate, or you've crossed the line. And I think that there's a happy medium between voicing, you know, standing up for yourself and voicing your emotion, but also you don't want to internalize it, but you, you want to remove the emotion from it. And I think we're polar opposites when it comes to it. And I think somewhere in the middle would probably be the best way to handle it. But for me, um, and I think I am actually going to talk about the one that I'd written about that I, there was an issue, um, professionally and working professionally with friends is a very complicated, um, endeavor. And it's not something that I would necessarily recommend. And some people may be able to do it, but, but here's my advice to you. If you are like me and you internalize things and you take the weight of people's opinions and wear them on your heart, it's not for you. And I say that with the most, um, sincere, request that you will wear it in your heart and and it will take pieces of you. And it's such a difficult thing to manage business with friends and money with friends. And specifically this incident that I'm recalling, um, I really enjoyed the company of this friend. Um, and I felt as though I was really, she, she was someone that I, I connected with and I enjoyed my time with. Um, however, over business or money, business money and all, you know, all of those things, it ended up becoming an issue that she felt as though I maybe did not give her the service that she was hoping for. And I felt as though I had gone above and beyond. And it was just a difference in, in, in what she was hoping. And it literally came down to money and it was such a difficult thing. And I have to say at this point in time, I still have not had a conversation with this friend since. And, um, not on my part, because I tend not to be a aggressive in that way. Like when I'm approaching, someone is, um, expressing how I've, how they feel I've wronged them, or she was really upset with me. Um, she sent this long text message uh, and basically it ended with, um, you know, we can't be friends and, um, I can't be friends with you because of this. And that was something I, I, I wore very heavily because 
I had done nothing wrong. I was completely professional during the whole entire thing. And basically Mm -hmm. it was something that she felt I should not take compensation for something because I was a friend and, and she felt as though I didn't do that much, but I did my job. And, um, I was willing to forfeit the money from the situation Mm -hmm. until I had spoken to my upper authorities and they were like, absolutely not. You know, you did do your duty on this, so you should get compensated for it. And when I brought that to her, she did not feel that way. And she just, she, she just turned it all into a, you know, and into something that was really, really messy and dirty. And it really made me think like, do I want to do this forever? Do I want to go through these conflicts with people about money and about business and have to lose, you know, friendships over? And at the end of the day, what I took away from that and, you know, who I have not spoken to at all, not even one word since that last text message of we can, we will, will not be, we'll never be friends. Um, what I took away from that is that's not someone you want to be friends with anyways. When they, when people value money over people, um, it in relationships, it's not someone that you really want in your life. And and I think that that's different for everyone, but for me being someone who is so emotional and wears everything, you know, on my heart and my sleeve, it just was something that I took away from it. And if that's how they can be, if, if they can really flip a switch and become that nasty person that you, you know, that she just, she attacked me personally and it wasn't even necessarily about the business anymore. She started attacking me personally. And it's just, it really gives you perspective of, sometimes people don't handle conflict or they don't handle situations appropriately and that's okay. And we can learn and move on from them. But I guess tipping the hat to one of the the last episode about boundaries, I can't let people like that into my life and, and, and have a, have a, you know, have a spot of my time and energy because that's not, that's not what I'm looking for. So do I wish I could have done something differently? If I could have rewinded, I never would have gone into business with friends. Um, totally. But do I wish I had done something differently? I I don't think so because I did advocate for myself and and it was difficult for me and I was scared and didn't want to do it because I knew that 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 meant that I was probably burning that bridge or that, you know, that it meant that I was going to lose a friend over this. But at the end of the day, is that person really a friend? Is that really someone, you know, that you want in your life? And, and I think that that was a learning experience for me. So I don't necessarily, that, that was, that was the specific example that I was looking for. And because of that, (laughs) and many other reasons as well. I don't think real estate is for me, but, um, yeah, which, which, you know, and it's hard because uh, when you were saying that, if there were a few times you kept saying that, you know, this person valued money more than the relationship. And I, and I was trying to think about my own self about how, because I feel like my relationship with money is different than a lot of people's. And I tend to, I don't have a very, I don't, I feel like you're going to think that I do have an emotional relationship with money, but I feel like I have a very logical approach with money. I just, I see money as a tool. It's, it just helps you to be able to do the things that you want to do. But I also do think that, you know, putting yourself out, like you had just said, I would go broke to try to like help somebody. I see that and I'm like, Ooh, that's not good. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like I, I personally see that as right. I don't think that's a healthy relationship to have with, with money or with others. And I see, I see this constantly, not, not in my life. I have to, I'm grateful that this hasn't happened to me. And I think that going back to our last episode on boundaries too, I think that's a hard boundary for me, but I've seen people very close to me 
put themselves out to be able to help. It's usually family members when it comes to financial situations. And I personally have never been in that situation where a family member has come to me and asked to borrow, let's say like a large sum of money. And I absolutely see how that could be a hard, a very difficult conversation to have and how that could lead to conflict and confrontation, especially if that person doesn't necessarily have the means to repay you or to, do you know what I'm trying to say? So I think, yeah, that's how business with friends is rough. And, you know, again, everyone's values are different and some people value money higher and that's fine. But for me, I, I would literally go and you've, we've talked about this in our other, it's not broke helping other people and and not everyone appreciates that. And not everyone feels that way. So here's what I'm getting at. I think that when you, so, so say I was in a situation where a family member who was maybe less fortunate than I was had asked me to borrow some money and that's how they phrase it. Right. Hey, can I borrow some money? I think Mm -hmm. I would, and I've talked about this with Jeff before too, that that hasn't happened since we've been married, but Mm -hmm. if it were to happen and somebody of a less fortunate circumstance was to ask us for money, I think Jeff and I would help that person, but we would go into that situation knowing that there are no strings attached Mm -hmm. we don't expect to receive any money back and I think if you can look at it almost as like this is almost a charitable donation which you know Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to take pity and and again this is a made-up scenario this has not happened I'm just talking about if it were to happen because I do feel like I'm in a situation now that is much different than the way that I was raised I feel that I am well off, right? I don't want to sound coffee or, or cocky or arrogant, but I'm in a situation now where I can pay my bills. I have money left over. I can donate to causes that I care about if I choose to do that. And I'm very fortunate and blessed to be in that situation. So if mm-hmm. we were to come in that situation and money were to get involved, we all know that money can be a huge conflict for not only for not only for friends and family but also within a mm-hmm. relationship too it can be really hard to do that so if you can take the emotional aspect out of it or if you can you know give somebody a hundred dollars let's say somebody asks you for a hundred dollars and say maybe it's your little brother here you go bro like here's a hundred dollars mm-hmm. and just not expect to get that money back if they are able to pay you back great wonderful but if not like let it go because like you were saying and I agree with you here that money is not worth it's it's not worth losing a relationship with somebody that you love and care about over a dollar amount and and I don't and maybe there maybe there is a dollar amount right I don't know I it's it's hard especially with with real estate another reason why I think that is so hard is because that is one of the biggest financial commitments or decisions that most people will make in their life we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars so it's very easy to see how a situation like that could get ugly really quick. And I agree with Kiana too, that, you know, going into business with loved ones and friends and family, you have to be really certain and really sure about what the boundaries are when you enter into that relationship in order for you to you know, cause I think that conflict is inevitable. I think conflict happens everywhere and anywhere, and you can have the best relationship with somebody, but you're going to deal with conflict. 
So you need to have those boundaries set from the start or you should, and that can help you when that conflict arises to be able to come to an amicable resolution. So that way everybody is at peace. That was a mouthful. Sorry. No, I do. And, and I think that that's important too. Um, I, I'm not saying that my values are the right, right values because every person's values are different. And just in my, how I feel in my heart, that's how I feel. And that's fine. Right. And, and for you, it's different and that's okay. Cause that's how it needs to be. That's okay. And I, and I think that that's important. And I think maybe we'll have, to, we'll have an episode, maybe the next episode will be our relationship with money or, you know, talking about the taboo to- topic of money, because it is financial situations and stuff is not something that easily comes. And it is a big part of conflict for a lot of people between you and your partner, between you and your family members, um, whatever that be. I think that that's important, but to recap everything that we've said, I think if there's one thing I hope everyone takes out of this, it's that with conflict, sometimes the most important part is taking a moment, allowing yourself to feel the emotion of the situation and the conflict, and then doing your best to remove the emotion from it and thinking or really analyzing the situation to try and get down to the root of the problem. So that way you can remove those emotions from it. And just remember most of the time, and I'm 28 years old, all of my experiences that I've had have taught me this. Most of the time, it's not about you. It's about them, or it's about an inner struggle they're having or experience they've had. And they're worried about something like that, something that you're doing that's threatening that, or maybe reminding them of that situation. And you can get through it. You can get through it all, even if the resolution is to walk away. And that's, what's important. Give yourself grace, give yourself grace in these conflicts, give yourself grace and, you know, your own personal resolution from it. And, you know, just know you're learning, you're learning and take what you can from situations that maybe don't end up the way that they so I think that want to. It's easy to say when you're in a conflict that you should take the emotion out of it. And because we all know that when your mm-hmm. emotions are heightened, it may be hard to make rational or logical decisions. Absolutely. But I think that as humans, most of us have a really hard time separating that emotion from whatever conflict or situation that we're in. And I would, well, and that's why I think it's important to give yourself, a, even if it's just a pause, even if it's a minute or two or five and someone texts you or you see something on Facebook, walk away, give yourself a minute to process those mm-hmm. emotions without necessarily react. You want to respond and not react. So I think, so I, I agree, but I think that I want to say that I think it's okay to be emotional or to have an emotional response in these situations of conflict. It's totally normal. I think that Mm -hmm. going off of what you just said there, that um, last point of giving yourself a moment to pause or to reflect and then to respond or react is important. Absolutely, And I, I agree with that. And I think that sometimes you can... You can still have emotion. You can still be mad or angry or upset or, or happy. Maybe you're going to have like an overly ecstatic response to something. I don't know. But I think that mm-hmm. it's a skill that you have to learn and practice over time on how you choose to react to certain things. And I think that's, that's the key point is that a lot of this is choice. 
it may feel, and this goes back to that self-conflict thing that we talked about in the beginning. It may feel like in your head, you don't have a choice. You only have like this one primal reaction to, to whatever is going on. But I don't think that's mm-hmm. true. I think that in a lot of situations, conflict, it turns into this big sticky mess inside our head, a, a tangled web of, ah, you know, whatever. And it's hard for us to say, I can actually choose how I choose to respond to this. Right. And well, and, and, and so now you've used two different words. I think the important, the important thing to take away from conflict is to not necessarily react, but take a moment. So that way you're not reacting, but you're responding. And I think that, well, that what is, is what even, is the difference? I think that's that step what is the difference? Why does a reaction necessary? I think when we think of reaction, we think of it in a negative thing, but I don't necessarily think that it has to be. No, but a reaction is typically based in emotion, whereas a response is typically based in, um, uh, why am I drawing blank? (laughs) The opposite of emotion. It's, it's based in, um, not factual, but can you help me out here? I'm I'm, I'm curious myself to see what, what is the difference? Mm -hmm. So Google says that a reaction may result in a positive. I apologize if there's dogs back barking in the background. I'll, let me start over. A reaction may result in a positive or negative outcome, whereas a response is engineered to produce a positive or negative outcome. So this is how I'm interpreting that is a reaction mm-hmm. is almost involuntary. It happens. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. happens. Absolutely. I concur with that automatically. So it, it, it could be positive. It could be negative, but it's almost like there's not mm-hmm. a lot of control there. Whereas a response is literally, this says it's literally engineered, which means that it's very controlled, Mm -hmm. right there. It's methodical. It's thoughtful. It's produced to have that positive or negative outcome. So now going off of that, I guess I do agree with you that instead of, because a reaction is, if we think about it with our own um, feelings or how we internalize conflict. If we are just reacting, Mm -hmm. we have no control over that reaction because we're not giving ourselves time. If we're responding, we're actually coming up with a methodical approach to how we want to handle that situation. Mm -hmm. So I I agree. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, It sounds like we're nearing our natural end. So why don't we go over our moments of grace and we'll say goodbye. Me first. Of course. Okay. So this week I got together with a bunch of my coworkers who I've not seen since March of 2020 when the pandemic started. And I have to say it was just absolutely lovely. I loved seeing everybody and I, you know, have many, have had many thoughts over this whole pandemic and becoming a mom and whatnot and how I've loved working from home. And I do, but I also think that I do see some benefits to going back into the office, maybe one or two days a week to get that face-to-face interaction with some colleagues so that was my moment of grace and you looked really pretty thank you thank you you're welcome you're welcome (laughs) my moment of grace this week is I had soccer last week and it is so much fun I could barely walk for a couple of days but I also made a new friend at soccer and we went for an hour-long walk which I thoroughly enjoyed and I just felt like our souls connected on that walk. She was, we just didn't stop talking. We talked about everything and we talked about nothing at the same time. And it was a really good moment of grace. And I haven't seen her since my last walk, but we're hoping to, I just scheduled my next walk for next week and it's exciting and it's fun to make new friends and have new people in your life that are, you know, offer new perspective and you connect with. So that's my moment of grace. I'm so happy to hear that. 
All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk soon. Bye.